welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, school has started here. I mean, it's sort been, of. It's been sort started of. for me for a few weeks now. Well, I mean, in this house. Ah, okay. In this in this location. In this house. Yes. How, how's the, uh, the, the the digital schooling? I mean, it you know could be better. <laughs> I mean, mine um, sucks, so I imagine Charlie's is the same. No, I mean the the teachers are doing their best. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want it to sound like I'm throwing shade on the teachers because they are trying. It's a kindergarten class. I can't imagine how much tougher it could get than a bunch of kids, uh, like uh, in that age range, mm-hmm. trying to use these devices at home. That maybe uh, I mean they the the school district was nice enough to provide us all with devices, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But there's also a learning curve. Right. You got to figure out how to use it if it's not something you've ever used before. Mm-hmm. If you're used to a different device or whatever, and uh, and certainly all the apps are different. They use Teams. I only know Zoom. I know Teams. Well, I use Teams for I'm, college. I'm learning Teams. It took me a while to figure out like on Zoom there are pages you can of like if there's more than. A certain number of people. Yeah, teams, you just, you, you see the nine you got and that's it. I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, where are these children she's talking to? It <laughs> is. She's talking to kids I can't see. It is not great. It only shows you nine people at a time, which means in discussion-based classes in college when you have like 25 classmates, it's like, how do I know if someone's about to talk or not? I can only see eight of you. I'm just going to talk and hope, oh, no, all of you are talking at the same time. Okay, never mind. Well, they they foresaw that problem with six-year-olds and have them all muted all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then only when the teacher says your name and says very clearly you can unmute, do they unmute. That's a good process. Yes. Uh, There's there, a- there are two Charlies, though, oh, so this no. is really throwing us for a loop. <laughs> There's never been another Charlie. <laughs> Every time the teacher says... Go ahead, Charlie. Charlie looks at me and goes, me? <laughs> and I go, I don't know. <laughs> one of them needs a nickname. I know, I know. I'll tell her to make one up if she wants. If she wants. Oh. Uh, it's been watching them before the teacher signs on and like everybody's kind of logging on a few minutes early to get ready. Mm-hmm. Watching a bunch of kindergartners try to figure out what to do on, on a... Uh, call like that it's it's the same as adults though like anytime i log in for any of our meetings or anything and it's just a bunch of people kind of awkwardly like trying to work while also aware that people are looking at them and then like looking up periodically like should i say hi do i do i talk to these people talk and you it's so it's funny yeah there's this uh weird thing in teams i don't know if you tried it yet but it's called together mode and it cuts out like everyone from their backgrounds and makes it so you look like you're all set up in like stadium seating. What? So it like <laughs> puts everyone's cameras, but like cuts out their background. So it's just like your head and like your shoulders in like these rows of stadium seating. So you look like you're all next to each other. It's it's a lot. <laughs> I don't think I like that. One of my oh. teachers likes us to do it so that we can all see each other, so uh-huh. we can all have discussions and all like look at each sure. other when we're talking. Which I sure that's what I like about Zoom. At least I can see everybody. So yeah. I guess this is the way to do that in Teams. But it's very weird. <laughs> I uh, you know, some people are closer and some people are farther. So some people are really tiny and some people are really big. It's a uh, it. What's great is throughout this entire, everybody's still trying to figure this technology out. I understand that, but there was one. Um, 
parent caregiver one one adult everybody's grown ups mm-hmm. that's what that's what we just we have a grown up yeah yeah you, I, I have a grown up yes too. get your grown up have your grown up present uh there was someone's grown up was uh just every few seconds going hello <laughs> hello <laughs> excuse me hello and i did <laughs> i don't know i could hear them but the teacher wasn't responding, so I don't know if the teacher... It was just, like, every few seconds for the entire... We were on there for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> and it was just going, hello? That's a lot of hellos. It was a lot of hellos. Why would you not... At that point, that's when you hang up and call back, like, am I am I good now? Or <laughs> Charlie kept looking at me going, what's that? Who is that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> just pay attention to the counting. I wish I could have seen... Charlie and Sydney huddled over the iPad getting it figured out this morning because oh Charlie, of course, is six, but Sydney also is now having to be in kindergarten. So I wish I could have seen just the interactions between all of it, watching Sydney have to struggle through the kindergarten education learning exercises, <laughs> not helping Charlie, just watching. <laughs> but Charlie I, also like, what's going on? It's really hard because I don't want to help. But I also see moments where Charlie's like, like at one point she looked at me and said, I already finished all this, but I'm not going to raise my hand to answer anything. And I went, why? And she said, well, I'm going to let everybody else have a turn. I get it. Which was very sweet yeah. and very kind and not Not me. Sydney. <laughs> Sydney no. would raise her hand for every single question, even if she had just answered all of them. Yes. <laughs> so it's hard for me to just sit there and go, that's fine. That's fine. Good. Sydney, you're not allowed to raise your hand <laughs> yeah. to your child. You, you can't not. like make your voice higher pitched and pretend you're speaking for Charlie. Five soccer like, balls! There are five soccer balls! Just going to interrupt you all here because all you kids have the wrong answer and uh, my, my child has the right answer. I just feel like it needs to be shared. I know. I, it'll be better. Justin's better at like being in the room with her but not really interfering mm-hmm. i feel the need to like encourage the whole time sure hmm. well I know. part of that was on me i came in halfway through and i had gotten charlie a donut and i just set it down next to her and then <laughs> didn't think that a six-year-old would then see a donut and not be able to focus on their test and be like forget this diagnostic <laughs> I I am click 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 donut <laughs> and i'm like stop 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 that is that is when it happened that is when the shift from paying attention to just skipping their answers happened was magically when i appeared in the room with a donut so so as hard as like this, this distance learning is you all are creating even more hurdles <laughs> wow. we're really donuts. testing her focus yes uh, wow. and I justin mean, even built her a desk and a chair and we still didn't pull it off <laughs> It's a uh, it's it's kindergarten though, right? It's got to yeah. be like a pass or fail situation. Like, I assume. Do you get grades in? Hold on. Do you get grades in kindergarten? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this school. I mean, I I imagine it's different everywhere. But like, maybe they still do the O's and S's. And... Did I get grades in kindergarten? That's that's a wild concept if you do because that's just like how do you in pre K they get the the S's and the O's and then the I don't know what's. What's under the S? What does S and O stand for? Satisfactory. Oh no! (laughs) Outstanding (laughs) and oops, you or in? I don't know. Something needs improvement. Maybe there's another letter that's like okay. okay, It's like I see what you mean. Or or, well, there was there two different pre Ks we did. The other one did M's for mastery, and then there was like something below the M 
which meant you're you're getting it. And then there was something below that that was like, you're not getting it. But I don't remember what they were. But it's basically that, also like ABCD. <laughs> yeah, it, well, is, it is similar, but it's it's worded in a way to make it just sound like they're not quite getting this yet. Just to, need some improvement. They're, they're almost there to they got it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But mm. but that's also like you got to understand on a pre-K report card, it's stuff like puts on pants on their own (laughs) or like can uh i don't know turn off a light switch like it's it's a little different than you know reading and math i I mean i'm not i'm getting an an over oops and putting on pants so i can't i'm not gonna judge that skill man i wish that's what i got created for in college still sometimes those things are hard it's really hard We'll see. We'll see. I, I just want. She loves math, and so a lot of this morning was math. <laughs> Nerd. Hey, <laughs> and I wanted her to. I wanted her to show. I wanted her to get engaged because I know how much she loves it at home. Like she will do math for fun. That's true. But, I've I've witnessed this. Yes. and marveled at. And I think it's going to be hard. And again, this is no shade on anyone involved. It just is the nature of it. I think it's harder when they're sitting there remotely. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. on on an iPad trying to piece together. Well, I mean, participation yeah. in class. I'm in a on a college campus, and it's hard for you know a bunch of adults in classes, mm-hmm. even professors, to sit there. I have a class that's two and a half hours long. To sit there for two and a half hours staring at a screen trying to keep a discussion going is mentally exhausting. So yeah, I'm sure it is. And it, I know everybody's going through it. I'm lucky. I should I should say this. I'm very grateful that our school district and mm-hmm. our and our school in particular, our school and our classes and our teachers have been so supportive of this, have created a virtual classroom all their own that allow the kids to see each other, mm-hmm. that our school district gave us iPads. There are meals available if kids need them. You can pick them up every week. That's nice. I mean, they, they've really, they've gone above and beyond to try to fill this need. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the major shout out to anybody that works in education right now because yeah. Just had to create an entirely new way of doing your job mm-hmm. with like a month's notice, or I don't know, like people are being, you know, having to actually go to physical school spaces with all sorts of new precautions. And I just can't, I can't imagine the yeah the, the yeah. struggle for all teachers out there right now. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, especially oh. I got all these professors in my school that are like you know, going into like their 40th, 50th year of being a professor. So like mm. they're kind of getting up there in age and they're having to figure out how to do a virtual classroom for the first time in their whole educational life. Hey, look, uh, I, I'm sitting here at 37 and no. I was so lost. <laughs> no, I know. I just mean like the, the professors that have like j- not even like used technology for like grading. Yeah. That have just taught from like a lecture they wrote down by hand and just like you know, deliver the lecture, then leave. Mm-hmm. Those poor, I have one of the semesters, poor professors, they don't know how to do it's a team's also, meeting. I will say, and then we should talk about what we're going to talk about. Yes. I will say it's also really hard. I've done a grand rounds this way through Zoom mm-hmm. for our department. Not being able to see people oh, yeah. and feed off their energy when you're doing like a presentation. Cause like I try to do it, I try to not just think about the information, but like be a good speaker, like engage you, tell you. She a didn't story. know Sydney's a podcaster, <laughs> so she takes great joy in her ability to captivate an audience. I do. Yeah. I love. I love public speaking. I adore public speaking, and I. I really get into like how am I going to engage everyone? Not just how am I going to give them the information, but like how will I draw them into this? And doing that on a computer screen is so. I'm sure hard. 
Yeah. You, you can't <laughs> feed off that. There's not the when, give and take, you know? When, when you, when you uh, turn your chair around and sit backwards in it like a cool person, you, nobody can really see that, so it doesn't have the same, the same impact. <laughs> they can only see the upper half, but they can't see how cool you are with yeah. you know your arms, like one under your chin resting mm. across the top of the chair. Like They can't mm. see all that. When I take off my white coat and loosen my tie yeah. to yeah. show that I'm yeah. really going to get into it, they, they can't so see they that. Just, just try to tell them what you're doing, and that takes that just ruins everything. <laughs> then you're just like narrating just so your, your actions. <laughs> just loosen the old tie a little bit. Just once. Uh, I have no segue. Did you all enjoy Troop Beverly Hills? Um, enjoy yeah. is a word to use. Charlie did. I'm I not surprised. Enjoying it. It was a very <laughs> silly, lighthearted movie. There I, were several fashion choices in it uh-huh. that I wish I could have. I should have been videoing Charlie's responses when, like, uh, Shelley Long comes on in the at the party with the pool yep. that she falls in, yep. the pink oh, and yeah. blue getup. I bet Charlie loved that. She turned to me and went, <gasps> <laughs> "Like I've seen the dress of my dreams." My favorite description of it was when I got here today, and Justin asked me what I thought of it. And he said, uh, you know, most movies are about the scout troops that like actually do the work and then end up having to like fight with the the scout troop that gets paid, you know, like a lot of money and doesn't really do anything. And their parents paid them all off to like be there or whatever. And you're rooting for the underdogs that don't have all the money. He said, but this one, you know, it's like some corporate executive that was like, yeah, my daughter's been bullied for being too rich before. Let's make a movie about that. Yeah, it is a it is a weird setup. I will say that because the whole concept is here are like the richest of the rich, and uh, they we're, we're supposed to have there are underdogs. Yeah, like we're <laughs> supposed to have sympathy for for all of these very very rich people that haven't had to develop skills of like empathy and communication. It's it's one step away from a dystopian novel where like the rich people somehow have been overthrown and then become the outcasts of society. Like it's it's so Except close. Except they're still rich. Except they're yeah. still rich. Like there's 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 a moment uh I kind of go all over the place, but I just th- this quote where like Shelley Long's character is comforting one of the kids that like can't pay some dues because her father's an out of work actor at the moment and she's like, "You know what's more important than money?" friendship but i'm like okay is that is that where we're going movie and then and then like one of her friends gives her money and she's like and even better our friends with money and i'm like oh well all right now we're back on track (laughs) there we go uh yeah i it's weird so okay the setup for this film if you have not enjoyed true beverly hills (laughs) is a and, and it is set in 1989 i should add uh it is a they're not girl scouts um wilderness girls Mm, mm -hmm. and uh they i guess they couldn't i guess the girl scouts were like we want nothing to do with this movie that's probably true (laughs) girl scouts of america has nothing to do with true beverly hills thank you uh so the wilderness girls uh they usually don't have an entry a troop that is really participating from the beverly hills zip code because they're rich (laughs) they can't be bothered or whatever or their troop leaders always quit and anyway uh, Shelley Long is going to step into this role, Phyllis Neffler, and be the troop leader that will that will bring the troop from Beverly Hills to prominence. 
allow them to really participate, be real wilderness girls, and then compete and win, hopefully, in the jamboree at the end. Right. Which is like a hiking trip, really. It's like an overnight hiking excursion. It's the big finale plot device to, yeah. to test their <laughs> their development. And of course, since they're uh, rich and in Beverly Hills, they're going to do everything their own their way. way. <laughs> it's going to be a little different. And it's all set against this. I, I cracked the code as to why this movie meant so much to me. It's okay. all set against the backdrop of Phyllis and Freddie Neffler, uh, their divorce. Mm-hmm. So this main character who is the troop leader and her daughter, Hannah, uh, they are their family is going through a rough period where the parents are getting divorced. And um, this is Phyllis's way of proving like she can do something, mm-hmm. is somebody, is sure. capable yeah. I, of independence. Finding herself. And I realized watching uh, Craig T. Nelson and Shelley Long that I think I like this movie because it was a I felt like it was about our parents. <laughs> <laughs> OK, <laughs> you know, I, it's fair. My mom called me this morning and she, and she said that you'd felt that way. She's like, is that it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Is that a, a bad thing? Is that an insult? I was like, well, <laughs> they're, they're characters, you know, no, that was, my it's, answer. It's that was the extent of my answer. <laughs> I, I mean, it felt it felt that way to me as I was watching it. I was like, oh, okay, mom and dad, mom and, dad. and like, <laughs> you know, they end up t- back together in the end. Yeah. They get remarried. It is it a it like is a fun dad. house mirror, mom and dad. I will say that. There we go. It's it is because like there was the joke. Mom does like to shop, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but mom doesn't like spend millions of dollars yes, on no. Rodeo Drive sure. likes to shop. Uh, she's never even been to Rodeo Drive. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, but the, I mean, the hair and the clothes, though. Yes. <laughs> back mm. in the 80s, Mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Craig T. Nelson wearing those pants up so high. Oh, those pants. Oh, those pants. Dad still wears his pants that high. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I think that was part of why it's it's weird too because it reminded me like and I feel like this was true uh, I was really focused on the parents I think because I'm old now <laughs> they fight because they're going through a divorce and so mm-hmm. they, they fight they fight with like no holds barred like bare knuckle they say the worst stuff to each other yeah for like a married couple I mean right like yeah. it was really raw I was watching that and I was like whoa I did think that was a lot for a movie that I I figured was meant for like children well it's, 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 also, it's in front of their daughter a lot of the times too and it just kind of it's funny how like in the 80s they're like oh you know di- divorcing couples and the kids are like oh yep they're at it again but I think we have an awareness now that like oh that's really bad for that kid yeah. to witness but you're, that you're right like that trope was definitely there like they even make it that joke at some point when she falls in the pool and he looks at everybody at the party and is like we're going through a divorce and everybody's like oh obviously <laughs> of course <laughs> how hilarious oh, we've yeah. all been there before <laughs> uh but yeah but they they act like 
this kind of fighting. I mean, she's like, is there somebody else? And he's like, yeah, a girl I met a long time ago. And basically he's like a really great girl. That's not you anymore. Cause you took all that and went shopping. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, what is happening? <laughs> Whoa. I, I do wish that there had been a little bit more explanation. And this is, this, it doesn't help the story, but I just, they have a point about, well, she like coupon clip to get him through law school, but now he sells mufflers and, and now he's rich because he sells mufflers. And I just didn't understand the, did I miss something there? Where I don't, was, I don't. Well, that's my career plan. <laughs> to be go, the muffler go to law night. school and then get rich selling mufflers. That's the whole know plan. What exactly. It's a weird hangs a hangs a turn. No, They're yeah, like, it, what is happening? <laughs> it was one of the one of the many things in this movie that made me pause it for a minute and just think, like, did I? I know I wasn't like paying the closest of attention, but did I miss something? Uh, I, I need to talk about the spiritual journey of the the actual <laughs> members of Troop Beverly Hills. But before we do that, uh, let's check the group message. So uh, I need to tell you both about how good I smell these days. Okay, especially in my pits. <laughs> well, at least you finally said pits. I'm oh sorry. yeah, not it's been a long time. You finally finally came around. Welcome. <laughs> uh, you know. We're all working hard, whether we're working hard at home or out in the world, and uh, it's nice to reward yourself with um, a product that is um, of the highest quality, you know, that is going to make you feel good, that is going to make you smell good, uh, and native de- native deodorant will do that for you because they've got ingredients like coconut oil and shea butter, uh, they're vegan, they're never tested on animals, so you can feel really good about this product that you're going to use on your body. Uh, they've got over 10 cents, including pumpkin spice latte. <gasps> oh, seasonal pits. Tis the season. Uh, they also have my personal favorite, coconut and vanilla. They've got cucumber and mint. All kinds of different flavors, flavors, scents. They're going to smell so good, you'll think it's a flavor. Don't eat it. Don't eat native deodorant. Just put it under your arms and smell it and enjoy the smell. No, don't eat it. Don't okay. eat it. That's not <laughs> That's not what this is for. <laughs> no. Uh, but native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. So you should check it out, especially it's pumpkin season. You're drinking your pumpkin coffee. Mm -hmm. You're eating your pumpkin donut. Sure. Smell like a pumpkin. Smell like a pumpkin. You have your raw pumpkin in one hand. You're just taking bites out. Yeah. Yeah. Taking bites. (laughs) Plastic bag (laughs) of pumpkin puree. You just carry it around. Uh huh. Uh huh. You just cut a hole in one of the corners and just start squeezing it into your mouth like frosting. Put on put on some native pumpkin spice latte scented deodorant, and you are ready to go. Yeah. Taylor. If our listeners need the full pumpkin experience, well, what I should they do. I could tell you, but I didn't get the ads, so maybe Riley can do this. <laughs> oh, Riley, <laughs> can you tell everybody <laughs> where where should they go if they want to switch to native today? Uh, you can go to nativedo.com/buffering. That's nativedo.com/buffering, or use promo code buffering at checkout and get twenty percent off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. All right. So back to Troop Beverly Hills. So it is comprised of a collection of uh, young ladies who 
have money for various reasons. Mm-hmm. We kind of get like little sneak peeks into and and it is it is really weird to see a movie I think in especially right now in 2020 where like all of their situations are meant to make us feel kind of bad for them. Well, not mm-hmm. all of them, but a lot of them. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. Like one's parents travel a lot. <laughs> no, when you say it that way. <laughs> there's that, yes, she's uh her her parents like are never around. They they actually they, they have a trip on her birthday and there's that wonderfully delivered line where this very rich little girl stands there and goes, My parents are in Monte Carlo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um they uh there's another one, like you said, who's who is not they're not as rich at the moment or like their their wealth is threatened perhaps mm-hmm. because their dad can't get any acting jobs. Which Phyllis helps them with. That's the thing you gotta know about Phyllis Neffler is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. <laughs> She's all about altruism. Sure. She helps him get a job as the Godfather. Yeah. In yeah. a movie about the Godfather. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, I guess, has a heart to heart with Chica's parents about like, hey, you keep leaving her and she's sad. I don't know. She makes all these parents realize the error of their ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, and saves her marriage in the process, of course. Right. right. She really just does it all. Uh, I always loved the the fashion of it used to fascinate me. The fashions in this film, especially once they do the um, so instead they need to find creative ways to sell cookies. And one of the things they do is a fashion show where they take all of the wilderness girl uniforms and make them fabulous. Mm -hmm. And I used to be obsessed with that. Mm. I used to think that was so fascinating. Yeah. I bet Charlie liked that part, too. Mm-hmm. She loved that part. And she loved the, uh, both her and Cooper danced to It's Cookie Time. Oh, that's good. That's good. Down, good jam. Come on down. It's cookie time. I did not realize that that song had embedded itself somewhere <laughs> in the recesses of my brain. Because that came out, I'm like, I know every word to this song. But I don't remember this movie. But <laughs> that, Well, that and every once in a while where you're just standing there and, and like spacing out. And then you're like. Beverly Hills, what a thrill. Beverly Hills, what What am I doing? Is that a universal experience, you think, for a lot of people? (laughs) Isn't it? At least if you had an older sister that was obsessed with Troop Beverly Hills and it was constantly playing. It's really weird. I don't know why. um, Because other than like the story of the parents getting divorced and then getting back together, there was nothing in there for me to connect to. Uh, we didn't grow up rich in Beverly Hills. No, no. I I went to well, I did, my middle school was called Beverly Hills, but I did for a long time <laughs> growing up. Um, I thought that song it's like Beverly Hills. That's where I want. You thought it was about my I middle school. I thought that school? was about the middle school here because that was where I was also oh. supposed to go to middle school, and I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. No, but they it's did. Not. They did have. We did have sweatshirts back then that said Beverly Hills two five seven zero five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't. I couldn't connect to that. The as far as like the characters, there was no like one character in it that I felt like I was like um, Hannah, the main character. What do we know about her? She's good at gymnastics, and she's That's into not us. No, and <laughs> she's into Girl Scouts, and I wasn't either of those things. So like, you know, there where, wasn't like where the, do I fit? <laughs> where's my marianne i can't find one because you you never did did you ever do girl scouts either of you 
I did. You did? I did. When I was in elementary school, um, only for two years, but our school had a, a troop. So I, I only remember selling the cookies and um, we went on a ski trip once wow. and I hated it because I was horrible at skiing and I just like slid on my butt down all the hills mm. on all the slopes and all the older girls were better at it. And then I just stayed in the lodge after we went tubing because I was okay at that part and drank hot chocolate. And then I quit Girl Scout. Uh, this is this is something that Justin and I have connected on. We both went to exactly one. Well, for him it was Cub Scouts, and for me it was Brownies mm. meeting. Mm-hmm. Exactly one. I went, and at the end of it, there were treats up at the front, and I was walking along the table getting a treat. Mm-hmm. Do you know this story? No. And I still remember this like it was yesterday. The uh, girl in front of me was having trouble deciding which one she wanted, but I knew exactly which one I wanted. It was a brownie, and it had the little silver balls on it. Mm, you know what I'm I, talking yes. about? Mm-hmm. Whatever those are called. And I reached to get it, and the girl had not decided what she wanted yet, and so perhaps she wanted it, I guess. And I reached to get it, and the mom behind the table was like, wait your turn. And that was why Sydney never wanted to go back to Girl Scouts. Yes. That's that's still in your mem Wow. I felt so oh, embarrassed man. because I wasn't trying to skip. I I, I was just Sydney I, was so embarrassed at the thought mm-hmm. that someone perceived her to be breaking rules yes. that she could never return. I never wow. returned. Well I can't I, I did a little better than than you. I went to I think two weeks of Girl Scout meetings. Um well, the first one I remember, we made that banana pudding with vanilla wafers. Mm-hmm. That was a good memory. Mm-hmm. And then I, I only joined because I wanted to go to the mall lock-in, and then I quit. Uh, I quit oh, the week yeah. after the mall lock-in because I was just there for the <laughs> the sweet, sweet world of science shopping after hours experience. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Oh, cool. we also we had a lock-in, but it was at Kosai. Oh, even better. We did a lock in at Co. Man, I did a lot of stuff in Girl Scouts. And I just remember joining because dad was like, you know, if you join, you get to sell cookies. Dad wanted cookies. (laughs) Dad Dad wanted wanted the cookies. cookies. Yeah. (laughs) So that and I, I don't remember. I mean, well, when you get older, I guess the jamboree. I didn't get to do that. Yeah. And it's pretty intense in the so in the film, the, the climax is. The teams that sell enough cookies get to participate in the jamboree. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Troop Beverly Hills sells far and above everybody else. Yeah. Um, because, like, I don't think they highlight that enough. Because one of the parents is like, if you want them to sell these cookies, why don't we just buy them, right. Phyllis? We're all rich people. Yeah. We're in the room together. The doors are shut. We can just say it out loud. Yeah. We'll just buy <laughs> them all. We're all rich here. Can't we just buy the cookies or whatever? And I don't know. And she's like, well, I'm trying to get the community involved. And then proceeds to like sell them to all the rich people. So right. yeah, like on Rodeo Drive or at the fancy fashion show or, you know, not, yeah. not yes. opportunities that the other Girl Scouts might have. <laughs> On a yacht, whatever. Yeah, sure. uh, so they they do, they sell all these cookies. And so they get to go to the Jamboree, which, like I said, all of the teams compete in like an, they hike somewhere, camp overnight, and then have to hike back, basically, mm-hmm. is what it seems like. And that is, I would say, a fairly intense looking experience that they all have. Yeah. 
I liked, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the early, there's an early scene in the movie where they show that they have like a gymnastics room in their home mm-hmm. because they're fabulously wealthy. <laughs> and uh, Hannah is on a balance beam in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then later in the film, the the other, the their rival troop of, of wilderness girls, the Red Feathers, mm-hmm. as they're called, uh, they decide to like sabotage them in the jamboree by cutting a rope bridge so that they can't cross it. So Phyllis has to cross it walking on a log across this big so ravine. So scary. And Hannah comes with her. And I realized like, oh, this was foreshadowing. We know Hannah can do this. Oh, gymnastics. Yeah. Because we watched her walk that balance beam early mm, in the film. True. Hadn't even thought about that. That, that level. Blown. That of, level of forethought that went into to that detail. scene in True Beverly oh, Hills man. is truly mind blowing. I, I think I think I didn't really hone in on the balance beam scene because you're getting the interior of the house that Phyllis proudly decorated, yes. and oh wow, it's a it's just a time capsule of it's like a weird that pastel floral like mm-hmm. thing, like our living room. Yeah, the used we, to it was, be. exactly, but that was just distinctly bad eighties design. <laughs> It is. Seeing things like that still, I, I just can't process. I can't fathom. There's never a point in my life where that was my reality. So I still just so, look at it like, ah, So wah. many colors. Everything. Why is it so colorful? There's pinks and blues and greens and yellows I everywhere. mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it just, you know. Uh, I <laughs> So they, they win the jamboree because they um, the Red Feathers abandon their troop leader, Velda. Yeah. Blender, yeah, uh, because she breaks her ankle, and you have to cross the finish line with your whole troop, including your troop leader. And so, and isn't that just a statement about togetherness? And they they create a they they have like a makeshift stretcher, and they collect Velda, Troop Beverly Hills does, and they drag her back to the finish line, and therefore win I, the jamboree. <laughs> and I get that the the you know the the message there is like look they played fair and were good people and so they deserve to win and the red feathers cheated their whole way, but once again a little tainted by the fact it's like well you know in the real world when you grow up crazy rich maybe it's a lot easier to you know never have to hustle and figure out a way to cut corners or get ahead so I don't know <laughs> it's a little hard well, to not feel bad for the red feathers. Yeah, it's definitely true. I see all that now because the the message is just play by the rules and everything will work out for you. And it's like, well, no. I mean, yeah, (laughs) if you're already really rich, sure, the rules were made for you. But for everybody else, no, don't. I mean, like, if you just play by the rules, it it doesn't necessarily work out. It's 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 like the bootstrap idea. Like, we'll just, you know, work hard, work harder next time. Red feathers. I I feel bad. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the character of Velda Plender. Who is like what a name? The other troop leader who's trying to undo Phyllis mm-hmm. because she hates everything she stands for, and um, she's like the real deal kind of survivalist, yeah, wilderness girl. Basically, and, Sydney is a troop leader. <laughs> well, you find out early on she says that she's she says introduces herself as a widow, mm-hmm. and her and her daughter do this together and she's super intense about it. There's a whole other story here <laughs> that we don't get that. I, like, I really felt sorry for Velda and her daughter. I would watch daughter. a movie about Velda and her daughter. <laughs> and, and their troop, you know, yeah. Sid, Sid once, once wicked, but for Velda splendor. So that is what we're saying. 
Yes. I I really felt like there was a whole story there where like (laughs) this is what her and her daughter had and had helped them like like they had faced a world that was hard and not built for a single mother trying to make it on her own. And she'd found a way to survive. And yes, she was hard and tough, but she had to be. And like there's this whole other story, but we don't get that. We celebrate Phyllis instead. And I I'm not saying like Phyllis is nice, but come on. Yeah, that's it's a, not right. This is a weird because the one, one the, this movie made me think of like Pretty Woman and how it's you know we're kind of romanticizing this billionaire as like you know always a like the good guy in the movie and this was another one that's like oh don't we just love our billionaires in the eighties we just make these movies about how they're secretly just charming and relatable it's like what was that we wouldn't do that now yeah. <laughs> Uh, before we finish talking about True Beverly Hills, because I I do, like I said, I genuinely have like this old affection for it. Um, and I think a lot of it was just visuals. It was a very 80s, like even like that. It has the animated title sequence yeah. that is so yeah, <laughs> that's such an 80s thing. Um, I think I did look at the parents and because they had this like split up and get back together story, I did kind of connect them. Which we haven't said, but like our, our parents did that before I was around. But yeah. Yeah. So I that's yeah. yeah. For for me, I felt I felt like okay, yeah, I I understand who these people are. Yeah. They're my mom and dad. Sure. <laughs> um the fashion was fascinating to me. I thought they looked like dolls. Oh, like yeah. everybody yeah. just looked like you know, a doll that I owned. Um and I, I mean, I liked the the different way like I I think those kinds of 80 movie 80s movies were like a bunch of kids like we're going to reinterpret a, a camp out to stay in this fancy Beverly Hills hotel and stuff like that. Like They're glamping. Before yeah. Glamping was a thing. The, these were things. Uh, it was a world I was not part of and didn't yeah. know anything about. And so I think it was all very fascinating to me. So I have all this affection for it. But like it, I think it, if you're going to talk about the movie, you at least have to other than all the class issues. Right. Sure. Um, which to finish that out, like the bat, the the nemesis Velda is punished by having to work at Kmart at the end. Yeah, she loses her job. <laughs> that's a that's kind I know, of it's terrible. Ending. Well, to say like that the you get punished by being gainfully employed. Yeah. In a in a job that we do not deem worthy because and, we live on Beverly Hills. Well, why does she even lose her job? What'd she do? I what, thought troop the... leader was a volunteer thing. Yeah. That also, yeah. Is she part of the organization to some level? Because she she wasn't just a troop leader. Um, I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know. That was, the, but clearly a job she was very passionate about that she lost. Yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought all that was not. I mean, obviously there are all those class issues. Uh, but then there are also, of course, there's an extended unfortunate scene in which Phyllis Neffler has constructed a teepee in her living room. Yeah. Yes. And is wearing a headdress. And obviously that is very bad, very inappropriate, totally inappropriate. And I think there are a lot of little I mean, it's a very like uh, it's a movie again, movies of the time. It's almost it's almost completely white. There are people who aren't white within the film, but it's mainly white people centered in the movie. Yes. And any kind of mention of people who aren't white in the movie is very, very brief, very stereotypical very much caricatures. I mean, all those things I think can definitely be said. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you um, your 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 people of color are: the housekeeper, the gardener. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 
I, I think there's one or two members of the troop who aren't white, but um, but that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, so I mean, all that, I, I feel like it's always, I mean, it's kind of obvious to say that, but I feel like you do have to say it when you talk about movies of that sure. time period is like, clearly a, a, a Troop Beverly Hills set in 2020. Man, that would be a very different story. That would be a very different story. I don't think you could do Troop Beverly Hills in 2020. I think in 2020, uh, a good Troop Beverly Hills would be focused on the the Velda, <laughs> the Velda Plinder story. <laughs> I want the Velda Plunder story. I'm going to write the Velda the Plunder Beverly story. The Hills would be the bad guys because they're, mm-hmm. they're the rich. <laughs> they're the 1%. <laughs> they are. I mean, they are. They're the 1% and they come into this wilderness girl world and yeah. take it over and make it, they twist it. And it's all like, it's all that like, you have the privilege. Enough money gives you the privilege sometimes of being nice. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have to fight for anything. You don't know what that's like. And so you're just like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm nice to everybody. And it's like, no, but that's not how the world works for a lot of us. Right. (laughs) Well, uh, even like there there are two two moments in the in the movie with one where they give back their patches Mm -hmm. because they basically they made up a bunch of easy to earn patches and then had them. Mm -hmm. And then also at the end when they win, the other the red feathers had run away with the trophy. Like, we don't need a trophy. We don't need patches. And I, I get that those are symbols that, like, look how altruistic and these people are. But really, it's like, no, when, you, when you're a kid and, like, those things mean a lot to you because you don't, like, yeah. that's a symbol that you're something. But I guess, right. so, so it doesn't mean as much when a bunch of rich but, people are giving back something that they could easily have made for them, purchased for them. Yeah. You know. they, they also said that those patches cost $750. Oh, Yeah. I mean, they see, they keep saying seven fifty, and I mean the two options are either seven dollars and fifty cents, which seems pretty low, or seven hundred and fifty dollars. Seems more right. I assumed it was seven dollars and fifty cents just because the girl that gives the other girl money gives her a ten dollar bill. So seven dollars and fifty cents for all those patches. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was seven hundred and fifty. Maybe the ten dollars was just symbolic. I don't know. <laughs> I have no, no idea. No, you're right. There is a ten dollar bill. It's probably $7.50. Well, that makes more sense. Throwing away $7.50, not that you should ever throw away it, but you know what I mean? Like, that That's, makes yeah. a little more sense to me. Easier At the time, when I was watching it, I was thinking, are they all just throwing their $750 patches on the ground? Like, I don't need these. I mean, for them, they probably could. Well, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, I will always love True Beverly Hills. What a thrill. Um, <laughs> Shelley Long and Craig T. Nelson are really just putting in the performances of a lifetime, and I will always love them for that. Well, They're our mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> no matter how much the real-world applications of the movie are are not delightful, the movie itself is. It's it's fun, yes. it's bright colors. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can understand why a, a young Sydney would have loved this movie. Yes. <laughs> Hence Vel- why a, uh, the- Charlie loves this movie. Exactly. The, the Velda Plinder story will be coming soon. Don't worry. Starring Sidney McElroy as Velda Plinder. <laughs> the Revenge of Velda Plinder. Uh, Tay, what's next? Well, I was actually inspired by uh, Troop Beverly Hills with my next choice because uh, there is a young Jenny Lewis in this movie. Um, yes. Who is, might be better known to younger generations as uh, the lead singer in the band Rilo Kylie. So uh, that was a band that I loved uh, very much when I was a teen, 20-something. So I wanted to talk about, uh, there are a lot of their albums I really loved, but I specifically want to talk about the execution of all things, because I think that that would be my favorite album of theirs. All right, that sounds great. great. 
perfect, very perfect segue from Troop Beverly Hills. It's also basically <laughs> named after me. So well, that's what we I've always called you Rilo because of Rilo yeah. Kylie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for indulging me. Of course. Um, we'll enjoy uh, Taylor's much more quality offering for <laughs> oh, next week. Oh, hey. It's, I like, I enjoyed this. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and thank you all for listening. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. You should check out Maximum Fun. There are lots of great podcasts there that you would enjoy. They're not all about Troop Beverly Hills, but another one might be. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe they should Check be. it out. <laughs> uh, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am two. two. What a thrill. <laughs> so many good hits in this. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.